When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, if you like this podcast, you should check out the full finance journey at realvision.com slash rvpod to get the full view of what Real Vision is all about. A video on-demand platform you can watch anywhere. Our members get daily videos and analysis, plus access to more than 3,000 videos for beginners and experienced investors alike, and live events online. You'll join the most thoughtful community in finance. More than 300,000 people who trust Real Vision to be the anchor to truth in the financial world. To get started, visit realvision.com slash rvpod. Use the promo code PODCAST10 to get 10% off our essential membership for your first year. Enjoy the show. Is inflation slowing fast enough for the Fed? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Gordon Johnson of GL. J research. I always I always get hung up on those on those letters together, Gordon. But this is the first time we've done the, the daily briefing together. So welcome. It's great to see you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So um, we had a pretty good looking day for stocks. They rallied, but we also saw bond yields inching up a little ahead of that big CPI number. I think everyone is waiting for where where are we with inflation? What are you expecting? Yeah, so I can't say what I'm expecting. I think that if you look at what the tea leaves from the government officials have been, um, whether it be comments from Janet Yellen or comments from uh, some of those in the Biden administration, it seems like the number is going to come slightly below expectations. I think that's why partially we've seen a big rally over the past few days. Um, But I think the Fed has a long way to go. And I think they've made that extremely clear. And we can get into those numbers. I don't know if you're ready to get into those numbers, but we can get into those do numbers it. if you want to. Let's do it. it so, <laughs> yeah, it's th- th- this, and this is what's tricky. So, so before we dive into some of the the granular stuff, are you looking? Should we be looking at the number that comes in or the rate of decline? So, the absolute number where inflation sitting, or how much lower it is from the reading before. Right. I think the rate of decline, the month over month move, I think is what's most important. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's important to keep in mind, look, Jay Powell and and team have said we're targeting 2% um, and we're going to do, quote unquote, whatever it takes to get to 2%. And we're so far away from 2%. And people across the world are hurting so badly. And I think that as we enter the winter, um, you see Putin... uh, uh, as it looks at, you know, from a high level, losing the war, um, I think that the rise in energy prices um, is going to be something that has to be felt. I also think, you know, the lag in rent, you know, the the rent component of CPI, that lagging actual real rents, I think that's going to contribute, continue to contribute to inflation. And we can get into wages. uh, They're sitting at record high levels. Uh, They leveled off over the past three months. We can get into that. But the point is, I think that if you look at prior periods of inflation, and, 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 and Jay Powell has said, look, look at what Volcker did, or the, the, the governor prior to him, you know, they, they rose rates, they, they stopped raising too early, 
Um, inflation fell, and then it rose back up, became a monster again. Mm-hmm. And he said he wants to avoid that. So there's a couple of statistics I want to highlight. The most, the first one I want to highlight is every time, if you look at prior uh, Fed hiking cycles, um, every time they've went into a hiking cycle, um, we've went into we went into recession, and we haven't come out of recession until they began to cut rates. And they said very, very clearly that they're not looking to cut rates all of next year. So it looks like, indeed, what they're looking to happen is for something to break um, before they start cutting rates again. And we're far, far away from something breaking. Again, we can get into the numbers, and we will. Yeah, so, so okay, so if, if, if we see inflation is starting to moderate, so your line is it's going to moderate, but it's not enough. It's not what the not what the Fed needs to see. Where's the moderation going to come from? And then where's it still look sticky? So where's the moderation yeah. come from? What are we looking that, at there? That's that's a great question. So I think the moderation clearly is going to come from the energy sector. Um, uh, in the last print, the energy sector was uh, the, the 800 pound gorilla, if you will, with respect to moderation. So I think that continued weakness in oil prices. Not as weak this time as they were last time, but continued to be weak. Gas prices at the pump continued to be weak. I think that's where we're going to see the moderation. The stickiness, however, I think is going to be in services inflation, which continues to go much higher, not related at all to commodity prices, as well as that rent component of inflation and wages. I think those are going to be the sticky components. And look, it's very clear what the Fed said they want to do. It's like they clearly are saying the only thing we could control is demand. So effectively, what they are looking to do is nicely put um, temper demand. But, you know, plainly put, they're looking to break some things. They're looking for you know weakness um, in actual demand. They're looking for credit growth to slow, wage growth to slow, um, uh, for wealth to come down. And again, I want to get into these numbers, but they're looking for all those things to moderate, to hurt demand in order to bring inflation down. And again, we are not there yet. So I think that, you know, 7.8% annual number and a flat month over month number, while the market may get excited about that, that is not encouraging if you're a Fed governor and or Jay Powell, or if you're a congressional member looking to get reelected. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Yeah, you know, I think it 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 it's so hard to wrap our head around that just because we think you know, finally wages are up. You know, why Why would anyone want to see wages go down when an average person has <laughs> really been struggling, right? So, and and we've got a kind of weird setup because we know housing's turned, right? We've seen some pretty big drops in the housing market. And right. I just read someplace like, oh, now might be the time to buy that used car because it looks like some <laughs> of those pressures 
also are starting to come down. Those are two things, two parts of the economy that touch a lot of people. So you can imagine that people will be feeling, we've already seen the inflation expectations move down because of lower gas. And so right. now all of a sudden, if those used car prices go down, you could it could actually make the consumer feel better, not cut, and that's not going to do anything to, to, to squash demand if that's what the Fed's targeting. Right. So I want to highlight something. So in the first 100 years of existence of the Federal Reserve, their balance sheet grew to roughly $990 billion, right? 100 years. When COVID hit in 2020, in two months, their balance sheet grew by $3 trillion. That's 300 years of money printing in two months. And what that money printing did is effectively went to the intermediaries between the Fed and the real economy. And those intermediaries, their prime uh, dealers, essentially took that money, went out and brought a ton of assets, be it stocks, houses, and other assets. And then the Fed vocally told Congress to join in, excuse my French, their spending orgy, um, which Congress did to the tune of you know $5 trillion you know, up until now, um, and you had raging inflation. So what they did is they printed a um, you know, just reckless amount of money. And then they encourage Congress to do the same, which they did. So I know it's easy to say, hey, you know, wages are going up. They're going to hurt people. But Jerome Powell has said that. It's, it, and if you look historically, it's true. Inflation. I think we may have lost Gordon because he may have disconnected when he went to adjust his uh, his earpods. We're going to try to get him back right now. Um, and just to just to reboot for those of you who are joining us, hopefully you can dial back in. Um, we're talking about all of this because we have a big CPI number coming out tomorrow, right? And it is something. In fact, we have a tweet. I don't know if we can put that up that made us all laugh because we know that investors and traders are watching that. But it just turns out everybody is. This was something uh, somebody grabbed. Joe Weisenthal grabbed from TV this morning. Crypto traders are still cautious ahead of CPI. You know, everything right now seems to be about inflation and interest rates. So I was at the SALT conference in New York. I think I mentioned they're holding their annual gathering. Um, and it was an interesting mix, right? Some conversations uh, about crypto, of course, but also, especially now that they've sort of joined forces with FTX, um, but also, and it's an alternative investing course, um, uh, rather a conference. And so, of course, there's going to be in the alternative world discussions about crypto digital assets, but there was a lot of conversations about macro too, because all of this is impacting the inflation conversation, uh, the conversation about interest rates is affecting everything. I mean, I was in a private credit uh, panel listening to them have conversations, uh, and that was one of the main talking points. It was about interest rates. So we're at a really, really critical time right now. In fact, in one of the first kickoff panels we did, uh, we were all listening to, uh, Mike Novogratz was talking um, with Tom Farley, who is the incoming CEO of Bullish, uh, Mike Novogratz, head of Galaxy. Um, and although he is big in the crypto world now, he has a long, as Anthony Scaramucci pointed out, a very long uh, history in the macro world, long track record, very successful track record. And so they were sort of discussing this environment. And he said some interesting things. Let's see if we can play a clip of that. I was talking to one of my friends who's kind of a legendary macro guy had retired. He said, I'm coming back out of retirement um, because the environment's so ripe. We're probably going into what will be three to five years of the golden age of macro. 
And I say that because for the last 15 years, we've had, you know, this great moderation, low inflation, very low volatility and currencies and interest rates. And all that's changed, right? We now have eight, nine percent inflation. You know, we're going to be in the mid teens in the UK. Um, you've got places like Japan that are keeping rates at zero where the rate, US rates are going to four percent. And so you've got dollar yen that's gone from one ten at the beginning of the year to one forty five. And I think that's going to continue. A golden era for macro. Now that may freak a lot of people out because it doesn't seem like a golden period right now. It seems like a really, really tough environment where, especially for anyone who's looked at their retirement accounts or their 401 or the crypto accounts, it's been really difficult. A lot of people are down a lot uh, and we have bonds and stocks down, right? 64 port portfolio has been getting killed. If you tried to go to bonds as a safe haven, that hasn't worked out. We know everyone's been talking about the crypto winter and when that's going to be over. Um, so it's a really difficult environment. But I think what Mike's talking about is the fact that um, we are going to be in a period where uh, asset classes are not going to just move in one direction, right? We had a very, very long bull market. You just put your money in a fund and you forgot about it. And most likely it went up if it was in U.S. equities. Anyway, this is going to be, there's a lot of impact going on in between markets and cross markets. It's one of the reasons we launched the Academy on um, Real Vision. So if you're not sure what that comment means to you, go check it out. It gives you kind of a an overview of what that means, what macro means, as well as all the different things that you need to understand. And of course, Rao's always posting, we have macro insiders and stuff. So we got gotcha you on the macro front, but that's kind of the environment we're in right now. Uh, programming note, Ash and I will be at Saul all week, checking out everything in the alternative world um, and all the macro views. Raul is there, just finished up speaking uh, with Dan Moorhead, two of our favorites. So we'll have the full debrief on what they had to say as well. So keep an eye on Twitter. We'll get that for you. And we're going to say goodbye right now, I think. Um, if we can get Gordon back, we'll pop back up and we'll send you an alert that we did so. Otherwise, uh, Andreas is going to be back tomorrow with Tony Greer. So take care. Good luck out there. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.